you can count on. You're watching WTVM News Leader 9. Sponsored by Montlick and Associates, Columbus Injury Attorneys. Good Friday evening. Thanks so much for joining us for News Leader 9 at 5. Our top story tonight, a Columbus man sentenced to 35 years in prison after defending himself in trial this week. Jury finding Malcolm Jackson guilty in charges of aggravated assault, possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony, and aggravated stalking. Jackson's girlfriend at the time, Ebony Giddens, filed these charges just days before her disappearance back in March of 2018. Jackson is not facing any charges related, though, to her disappearance. The victim's family says they're glad Jackson will be in jail for more than three decades, so he'll not be able to abuse any other women. Of course, I don't want nobody family to suffer the way we do or no other young lady to suffer the way Evan has from a man that's abusive. Jackson cried as the judge announced his sentence. He is maintaining his innocence on all charges. Giddens family says they hope while Jackson is in prison, someone will come forward with information on Ebony's disappearance. Well, family and friends saying their final farewells today to a brother and sister found dead in Notasolga, Alabama. William and Sharon Guest apparently died at the hands of another sibling, their brother Aaron, according to police. He's being held on capital murder charges. Williams' funeral but there was this morning at People's Funeral Home in Tuskegee, while Sharon's was held this afternoon at First Baptist Church in Opelika. Residents of the Ralston Towers in Columbus are in limbo after the Section 8 apartment building fails yet another federal inspection. News at 09 Samantha Sturban was first to break the story yesterday, receiving information about the Ralston's inspection score. So Samantha, tell us how the building scored in this latest inspection and how residents there are reacting tonight. Barbara, the score from the October inspection is 30. That's out of 100. Now that's 12 points lower than the July inspection. Residents tell me they are shocked, saying they don't know how the building managed to get worse when crews were reportedly inside working to fix it up. No one should have to live under these conditions. It's, it's, my skin is pretty tough, but this is just breaking me. The Ralston, home to approximately 200 residents, is continuing to fail federal inspections. Housing and urban development put the owners on notice, August 1st, giving them 60 days to make necessary improvements to the building before inspectors returned for another inspection. Every floor got drippings of water, um, mold. Um, it's a major, major items uh, missing. Results of the re-inspection just released Thursday show not only did the building fail, but the score dropped even lower than the previous inspection. July's inspection scoring 42 out of 100. October's just 30 points. I can't stay here any longer. In August, representatives Drew Ferguson and Sanford Bishop toured the century-old apartment building alongside Columbus's mayor. Had a Democratic and a Republican congressman working together on this. That shows what a big issue it was. In response to the inspection report, Ferguson's spokesman says in part, quote, it is beyond reprehensible that the New Jersey owners of the property care so little about the human beings living at Ralston. Both congressmen and the mayor say there's one goal moving forward. We're going to make sure that you don't have to live in an environment that is not safe. Uh, people have the right to live better, 
um, that's that's all I'm seeking. HUD's representative tells me they are looking at taking appropriate action based on this failure. Now, what that action will be remains a question. When I learn those answers, I'll have them for you here on air and online at WTVM.com. Reporting live from the Ralston, Samantha Serban for Newsleader 9. Yeah, this has been going on a long time, Samantha. Hopefully those answers coming soon for those residents. Thank you. Turning now to our weather on this Friday, the sunshine warming things up across the valley this afternoon after a really cold start to the day. Here's a live look now from our Alpha Insurance Skycam out at Manchester Expressway. So will folks need to bundle up as they head out to Friday night football? Chief Meteorologist Derek Kincaid is in the Storm Team 9 Alert Center with those Thanks guys, they most certainly will. Most spots uh, right now in the 50s and 60s, 62 right now. Uh, north wind about three miles per hour, so a light breeze making it feel just a little bit cooler in spots. Now as we check out some other temperatures, it's 58 in Auburn, 62 in Macon, and Albany at 63. So very chilly uh, this morning. We've seen the sun come out. Things have warmed up a bit this afternoon, but we are trending toward another very cool night. Our skies are clear. Here's how the weather shapes up for that big sports over time game of the week. It's Hoga Academy at Glenwood. You'll notice a kickoff temperature in the lower 50s falling down into the 40s by the time that game is wrapping up and you can get the forecast for any of those games scrolling at the bottom of your screen throughout the course of the newscast tonight. We'll talk a bit more about the weekend weather here in just a bit guys. All right, Derek, thank you. As high as expectations are for the return of hockey in Columbus, it's projected to have an even higher impact on the local community. It's projected to bring in more than half a million dollars a year for the city. And Newsletter 9's Tony Sloan joins us now live at the Columbus Civic Center with more on the excitement. Tony, you talked to folks crunching the numbers. Tell us more about what's expected as they have their home opener just a few hours away. Well, the president and general manager of the Columbus River Dragons, Scott Brand, says there's a lot of excitement tonight as this team plays their first game in Columbus in the next couple of hours. He also says they believe that they'll be setting a league record today with ticket sales as thousands of people flood the Civic Center. The stadium is set to seat more than 7,000 people, but tonight there's a cap of 6,000. And Brand said if more than 6,000 people show up, then they will make a way. Brand says this is good for both the people and for the city economically I'm paying the city's over a hundred thousand dollars for the lease here they should generate close to f over four hundred thirty five thousand dollars in in uh in concession revenue so the city should be making a cool half million dollars off of us and he says that doesn't include hotel usage for players and for teams a lot of those families of those players also going to be in some of those hotels, and they say that's around over 400 hotel rooms that will be used at one single time. A lot of those players actually here for an extended period of 40 days when those visiting teams come here to the Columbus area. So according to Scott Brand, he says that that's just one of the many different ways that that will benefit the city economically. But coming up on the news at 530, we break down the numbers for you a little deeper as we take a look at the economic impact. Live in Columbus, Tony Shalom reporting for WTVM News Later Not. All right, Tony, thank you. We're hoping they will get a lot of local support for sure. Yeah, go to the games. And yes, let's do them. it. All right, thank you, Tony.
A high school football's regular season almost over. Tonight, teams in Alabama play their final games before the playoffs. And our Sports Overtime Game of the Week features a playoff-level matchup. Paul Stockman is live at Sammy Howard Field at Glenwood School for our Game of the Week between the Gators and the Talk Academy. So, Paula, uh, how big is this matchup? Well, it's uh, actually pretty big. It's essentially a matchup between two teams with deep playoff runs and state championship aspirations. Last year, Glenwood made the Final Four in AISA's 3A uh, classification, but they're going up against Autauga Academy, the defending 2A state champions, and in fact, a team that's won the state title two out of the last three years. Yes, this game technically means nothing for playoff seeding and will really only affect the final record, but it's a game that prepares you for the types of teams that you will see in the playoffs. Now, of course, uh, Glenwood knows the challenge that they've got, and they hope to make another deep playoff run this time around. They know facing tonight, the Generals uh, could help make them a better team as they prepare for the postseason. It's going to be tough, but I think it's going to be a good game, good matchup. You know, we're potentially a state championship team. They're potentially a state championship team in 2A, so I think it'll be a good game. I know they're a good team. Apparently, they beat us by a lot last year, so there's some anger in it. And it's senior night, so we want to get a win for our seniors. It's their last home game. And they're a good football team, but I think we are too, so it should be a good game. Glenwood lost to Otaga last year, 61 to 14, and they'll look to get that one back at home when this game kicks off here at 8 Eastern. It is a senior night for the Gators as well, so you know, you're going to have a pretty big crowd out here uh, as Glenwood prepares for its final game. And you know what better way to tune up than to possibly beat a defending state champion? They've already done it once earlier this year when they beat Monroe Academy, Jason. So you know you got to think they got another shot tonight. Yeah, big game as the regular season closes out in high school football. All right, thank you, Paul. We know therapy dogs can provide comfort to those going through a, a very difficult time. That's right. And News at 09's Brendan Ray introduces us to one unique therapy dog. Therapy dogs help people across the Chattahoochee Valley every day, and we have one here with us. This is Beethoven, so can you introduce yourself? Well, I'm Lieutenant Z with the Muskogee County Sheriff's Office, and this is Beethoven. He is also with the Muskogee County Sheriff's Office. But on our days off, we volunteer, and we like to volunteer with Columbus Hospice. Beethoven is uh, a deaf therapy dog with pet partners, and we love to go about and come visit patients and the staff at hospice. And house. Terry Roberts is with Columbus Hospice. How have you seen Beethoven impact patients, families, and staff? Well, the second Beethoven walks into um, our hospice house, family members, uh, patients and even our staff, they go crazy. They love Beethoven and um, he really just provides an un unconditional love during a difficult time. And Beethoven's pretty special. You mentioned he is deaf. He's actually been featured in a book before, right? He has. He's been featured in a, a book by National Geographic called Loyal and it talks about uh, how he became a therapy dog. You have a unique way of communicating with him. We talk with each other with um, by hand signals that simply means sit, and I can get him to speak. <laughs> Good boy. That's his oh. fist bump, and kids love fist bumps. Beethoven is certainly very busy yes. out in the community. Well, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Thank you. Back to you. All right, Brendan, thank you. Beethoven is one of 38 dogs featured in National Geographic's book, 
Luoyong. Beautiful dog. Yeah, very nice. Yeah.